because I want to get right into it. Oh, 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 boy. Okay. I have so many notes on this movie. Do you? <laughs> okay. I have, I have so many. <laughs> All right. Okay. I'm Are you ready? <laughs> interesting. I just want to Can po- we clap in? I just want to point out, do you remember that time when earlier today I was talking to Sarah and I was like, you know, based on what Hans has said, I think Hans already watched both of the movies for today. Like, I'm, I have faith that he learned his lesson from last week. And then I later learned that Hans did not, in fact, not learn his lesson from last week. There was week. no lesson to learn. I there. did not have time last week. I had work in the evenings almost every day. This week, I have had time, but I so, chose it to spend thing, to spend, spend my time doing things other than watching these garbage movies. So, so we, we knew we were, we knew we were going to watch two this week. Aaron I watched one yesterday, and I watched one today. Aaron could have gone right into it at 7.30 p.m. is all I'm saying. Yeah. We we meet at eight. We meet at eight thirty. But we meet, we meet at eight thirty. How was I supposed to know that this week we were we would be able to meet at a half an hour or an hour earlier than usual? Well, I'm not asking you I to be psychic. You and said so. I'm not asking you to know that. <laughs> the ahead day of, time. of at like six. I'm not asking you to know ahead of yeah. time, but to be prepared. Oh, we're meeting half hour early. That's fine because I already watched my movie. I prefer <laughs> to watch. I don't know why this is such a topic of of discussion i prefer to watch them right before we record because you're wrong there is no right or wrong to that i prefer to do this yeah your preference i put it off for as long as physically possible (laughs) and then i have to to like sit through it and the only thing that gets me through it is that i get to talk about it right after so the problem is you are a coward i don't i you're just trying to irritate me now i i've never done such is it working a little bit he knows how to push my buttons. He's an <laughs> like that. I don't think that's true. <laughs> okay, Aaron, clap us in. But you can't check your six. It's kind of like, you know, taking a screwdriver to a gunfight. What's happening? Just like old Tom, Tom. Hello and welcome to Stephen C. at All, episode 38. Uh, I'm Aaron. I'm Zach. I'm Hans. Starting to feel uh, it. And we are here to talk about 1978's Absolution starring Richard Burton. I'm oh sorry. 2022's uh, Dragon Age Absolution starring Kimberly. I'm sorry. Oh. 1997's oh, The Journey Absolution starring Mario Lopez. I'm sorry. Oh, he got 2019's me. Absolution starring Gaz Hyden. No, I'm sorry. I can't believe I fell for it again. 2023's Absolution starring John Ben. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> 2015's oh, Absolution starring Laura Burr. I'm sorry. 2015's Absolution starring Steven Seagal well, there and was Byron Man. There was a second Absolution in 2015 alone? There were two Absolutions in 2015 alone. I knew there were a handful. I didn't know there were that many, and I didn't know there were two in 2015. <laughs> What's funny is that the one that you didn't hit, so whenever you start up this movie, it's called Absolution. When you look it up online, it's called Absolution. It's like listed online as like Absolution. The title mm. card for my, when I was watching, at least said Mercenary Absolution. <laughs> so yeah, when I was watching the Absolution, I was just thinking yeah. of Hitman Absolution, the like 2016 video game. <laughs> so there's, there even you go. A, there's even an extra one that it could have been. Oh man. Uh, yeah. So written by Keone Waxman and Richard Beatty. We still Waxman. have Keone around. Um, but we do get Byron Man and the man, Juggernaut man. himself, Vinny Jones, which is pretty great. Um, Bright spots. Yeah. We, uh, we also get in this so. 
I turn, I go, and I search the movie on my Roku device. This is not sponsored by Roku. And I find that it's on Plex for free. You can just go watch it on Plex. And I hit play. And then I get hit with, like, the full-length Lionsgate logo. <laughs> yeah. With, like, the music and everything. <laughs> and I'm thinking, did I hit the wrong movie? Like, why would, like, a, an actual production company put their name on this? Like, this can't be real. And then I see Byron Mann is back, and I see that Vinnie Jones is in this. And I am confused, and the confusion does not stop throughout the whole movie. <laughs> well, um, I have a theory about that, but let's oh. do the plot recap first. Yeah. This is a completely unfounded theory. There's no truth to this, but it's more of like a headcanon than a theory. So go ahead and do the plot recap. Uh, yeah, so this is uh, Absolution, which may or may not be, who knows, uh, a sequel to the prequel that was A Good Man. <laughs> it's There's literally no connective tissue other than the, the Steven Seagal character kind of has the same name. Uh, but anyway, uh, Steven Seagal and Byron Mann, who once again steals the show. Byron the Man Man. Uh, are... Like partners, uh, who are tracking down. Yeah. Oh, they are hired to assassinate. <laughs> Sorry, this movie is so forgettable. I have like three pages of notes about this movie. Oh my god! I'm trying to remember the plot. <laughs> we gotta speed um, through the recap then. Yeah. So they are hired to assassinate a human trafficker. He's like, I think he's Pakistani. He's an Afghani national. He's an Afghani. But they make he, a big deal of him being Afghani. Yeah, he's just like in the business. They just keep calling it the business. Like, they call it the business. the business. The implication is that it's human trafficking, like sex slavery. Uh, and he is apparently smart and good at this. You don't <laughs> see him actually do anything smart. He spends the entire movie on one set, uh, like by this indoor pool where he ends up getting shot and killed by Seagal's character. They just tell you, look into the camera and say, he's really smart and capable. And so it's impressive that Seagal killed him. And so uh, Seagal is hired to do this by some guy. Looks like he works kind of in the government, sort of. It's really shady where he's getting his contract. You find out later that uh, I'm, I'm really botching this. I'm gonna have to chop this up. <laughs> Because it's so confusing how they try to make this work, and it doesn't work at all. <laughs> so just gotta they, keep rolling. Their getaway, like their getaway car, they're supposed to like bug out of the city where they're at to kill this human trafficker. They successfully kill the human trafficker. They try to get out of the city. They get informed by the guy who hired them. Oh, like your path out of the city isn't secure yet. We don't have the car. Like the plane ride, it's not ready yet. So just lay low. So Seagal and Byron decide to quote unquote lay low by going out to the club uh, and partying <laughs> until they get a call that it's safe to leave the city now. Uh, and it just so As happens, you do. yeah, it just so happens that one of the women who was being trafficked specifically to, I'm just going to call him the juggernaut. I forget. He's just called the boss in this movie. He's played by Vinnie Jones. That name, for reasons I'll get into much, much later in this episode, is super, super dumb. 
but he's just called the boss. Uh, one of his girls gets away and just so happens to run into Byron Man and Steven Seagal. Uh, and they beat up the goons that were chasing after her. And she has a videotape hidden away somewhere with incriminating evidence that would put the juggernaut away for life. Uh, and so then the movie becomes trying to protect her and get the videotape back while also trying to figure out who hired them and why and why it's so hard to get out of the city. Uh, it turns into a big, confusing mess. It's actually pretty straightforward until nearly the end of the movie, and then they try to like put a twist in there, but it just makes it massively more complicated for no reason, to the point that I think Are you sure it you're actually talking contradicts about this movie? itself. Yes. And not the next one? <laughs> I am. Because <laughs> that happens there, too. That happens in the next movie, too. Wait for next episode, <laughs> listeners. It was a double we're, feature We're recording two tonight. Yeah, it's a double feature for us, but not for you. Um, yeah. Uh, and then eventually they like go back to the mansion where the juggernaut lives. They kill all of his guys. Uh, and then they meet up with the juggernaut for like no reason at the juggernaut's nightclub which is a totally different nightclub than the one where they met this lady and they have like their fight with the juggernaut and they kill the juggernaut and then of course the woman inexplic inexplicably ends up with seagal and they ride off into the sunset, and that's the whole movie. <laughs> well, they don't ride off into the sunset. They, she just does a really weird, very long, awkward dance in front of him. Yes. <laughs> in front yeah. of his, and in front of his framed painting of him, a younger version of himself playing a guitar. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Like, apparently, at the end of the movie, apparently Seagal has, like, a mansion or something, and he has art of himself in, <laughs> in his, like, in this big room. Don't we uh, all? In his mansion. Like like oil paintings. I Actually, out of us, the, the only one of us who does have some shit like that is Hans. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> he has the oil painting of himself sitting in a chair, like petting a dog or whatever. Uh, for Christmas, uh, oh, it's been a long time ago. My cousin, I, as a joke, I thought this would be really funny. I, I said I wanted a portrait painted of me sitting in a really tall wingback chair with a glass of scotch in one hand and my hand like petting a dog in the other hand. And a cat on a bear rug off in the distance with a fireplace in the background. What happens next, Aaron? The movie. That's what the are, end of the movie. That's the end the of the credits. movie. So, Thank right, God. Credits. Oh, well, so... They do, um, they do like a little epilogue for Seagal and like, and it's, I think it's in voiceover, but then I don't remember what they did for him, but I remember for Byron Mann's epilogue, they just reused footage from the movie, <laughs> like from earlier in this movie that you just watched of him going to like a, a back alley yes. quote unquote massage oh parlor as his epilogue. Oh my God. Because, like, earlier Iron in the Man movie, he's like, oh, I got a massage. Movie. And Seagal's like, ooh, you must have had one of those massages with a happy ending. And, Gross. And so they show him back in a massage parlor, and he's, like, smoking a cigarette. Like, he just got a massage with a happy ending. It's really it's really gross. That like man the, must smoke at least yeah. 100 cigarettes in this movie. It's a lot. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, Not quite as... Uh, but, uh, yeah... What's what the word? Did, uh, Not quite as artfully as Dunoir smoked his. What did we think of this? I thought it was trash, but for like a lot of strange reasons. 
Like, this whole thing felt really lazy to me. I See, weirdly enough, I thought, kind of in terms of the actual, like, look and, like, production value, if we're going to use that term, like, out of the recent Seagulls we've watched, this is, like, one of the, like, not the worst in that regard that we've seen in a minute. Like, it feels I... like he's actually putting some emphasis in. It actually kind of looks like a movie. Like, I feel like we're, like, seven movies into Keone Waxman directing these things. Which is, I think and, this is the last Keone Waxman. Yep, film. the next one is not Keone Waxman, and you feel it. I never yeah. thought I would like you know have a sense of the Keone Waxman like authorial <laughs> style, but next movie without him, you feel his absence. But this movie, wish, while I thought you wish like to have it back, honestly, it was not well made. It was kind of like the best looking of the recent Seagulls, but I hated it. I thought it was like violently misogynistic it was just gratuitous it was gross yeah. like i just felt icky watching it like i had just had like it, it was not so poorly made as a lot of these other movies we've watched but it it, it offended me so i hated it for that reason i hated it for slightly di- for a very different reason spoiler alert for next week uh this this week's movie and next week's movie have the same star ratings but for very different reasons um, <laughs> yeah i was i this movie was just disgusting and i did not like it i, I did not yeah, care it was for it gross the whole way through yep, yep. It, and like we've talked about that a lot and this is not new but i think the levels of just exploitative like gratuitous just completely unnecessary like violence towards women is just like legitimately sickening like it was just hard to watch for this just like dumb cheesy like action like we get it he's a bad guy we don't need just like a straight like 10 minute long scene of him like viciously beating like two half naked women with a metal pipe like it's just yeah gross so uh vinnie jones the juggernaut plays a character called the boss uh and i really want to talk about how this whole crime syndicate works the syndicate it's very very the syndicate headed by the boss it's very very dumb but his whole character uh is centered around his desire to brutalize women yeah and you just get these very long scenes of him doing that and it's super uncomfortable and unnecessary like his whole business is built on trafficking women we didn't need to have scenes of him like also doing terrible things to them right like, that he's was like the boss of the syndicate but also he wears like a leather mask and like records videos and like takes detailed notes on which like okay <laughs> So that ends up becoming his well his undoing is that he gets like murdered but like yeah he's like impaled like it's weird they put movie. so much emphasis that there was like this in- this was videotaped and then yeah the whole, just impales the guy at the end like the, the videotape doesn't thing, matter no the whole thing like the boss was the trying boss. to stop seagal because seagal had a videotape of him doing all this terrible stuff all this terrible stuff that Everybody in the syndicate already knew that he did. Like, a, a bunch of people already knew that he does this. So, like, at the end of the movie, Seagal's like, I'm going to let out your dirty little secret. I'm going to let all your people know that you do this. Except, like, his goons have conversations about it. Yeah. Like, the people who <laughs> talk with him in the text of the film already know that this happens. Like, it's not a big secret. And they they make... deliver women to him for this purpose. And they make this MacGuffin out of this videotape. That they... So it was this woman and her sister were being beaten by this man. She manages to escape with this videotape. Her sister is killed. They make such a MacGuffin out of this videotape. Oh, she has the videotape. She goes to Skull for help. And he's like, I don't want to help you. And then he helps her. And she has the videotape. And then he hands the videotape to the bad guy and then impales him on like a metal rod. Like, <laughs> yeah, doesn't send it to the police. Some sort of investigator. So much. Also, okay. The big. I'm gonna spoil for. (laughs) I'm gonna spoil this movie. Yeah. This horrible, rotten movie. Spoil it further. 
the big twist at the end of this movie is that the guy who hired Seagal to kill the Afghani trafficker guy works for the boss, as does the trafficker guy he was hired to kill. The big twist of the movie is that the the U.S. government is working with the boss, like they use him in some way. And so the people who hired Seagal to kill this guy are the same people who hired this guy, which makes me think, why is Seagal in this movie at all? Why nothing in this movie makes any sense? Why would a gang hire outside help to kill one of the members of their own gang? I don't, well, and why would they ask the United States government to hire someone to kill a member of their own gang? Well, and then it's also just that they send, so Seagal's boss, um, what was his name? His Van Horn. Van Horn sends Seagal in, and then, like, after it happens, and they're like, ooh, your extraction is delayed. Like, the path isn't clear for you. Like, and we talked about how Byron the Man-Man and Steven Seagal are, like, both, like, suspicious of this, but they're like, oh, whatever, let's just go smoke cigars and drink, like, while we're waiting for our extraction. It's while they're doing that that this woman comes running into his arms and, like, Seagal fights off a bunch of goons. I think that's how he gets involved in this whole thing that he's not supposed to get involved in anyway. So it's, like, if we suspect that this extraction is being held up due to foul play, it, like, works against them. Like, I don't know why they delayed this extraction. Like, I don't know why they sent it in and I don't know why they delayed pulling him out. And then they're mad at him for getting involved. Yeah, you, you hired him. There like, was no reason to do that. Again, this is like when Seagal steals $30,000 or however much it was. And then like every bad thing that happens is because of this missing money. Like in this case, they're like, okay, we have the boss of the syndicate. He's got like the U.S. government in his pocket. But for some reason, they're going to send this like rogue guy that we can't trust in to kill somebody else in his in his business. And then keep that guy around there for some reason so he can happen upon this woman and expose the guy but not no actually not expose the guy just kill him with a metal pole while threatening to expose him it's a it's such it's so stupid it's very 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 dumb uh and it like tries to be clever in ways that just make it dumber i'd rather (laughs) rather oh do you want to you you want to know what my conspiracy on this is yeah sure go for it please tell me so try to make sense of this please i think this is their attempt at like steven skull john wick Yes, though there are very many John Wick like aesthetic comments. So like the fight in the nightclub at the end looks visually a whole lot like John Wick's fight. Like uh, so there's that, but the reason I say this yeah. is just because this is um a twenty fifteen film and so John Wick is like what we think of when we think of John Wick is different than when John Wick released. Like, you have to think about it, not knowing the franchise, not knowing what it was. In 2014, when the first John Wick came out, it was, I do not mean this in a mean way, but what would probably be the public perception of, you have Keanu Reeves kind of a washed up, kind of a a very previous action star who a lot of people like to make fun of his acting ability, and he's not at his career peak right now. So, my theory is just that... so. John Wick is different now. Our understanding of it is different than like what it used to be. Like so, yeah. the public perception of Keanu Reeves might have been he was this like really cool action star, and his acting's not really the best, and he's been in some stinkers kind of over the past couple years. And the original title of that movie was not John Wick; it was Scorn. Oh, like they were going to call they were making this 2014 film. It was like super low budget, and they're like, "We're bringing back Keanu Reeves. He's like 50. Like what the heck?" And he's going to be in do an action movie again, and it's called Scorn. 
Um, but then he just kept calling it John Wick in like all these interviews and red carpet appearances. So then they changed the name to John Wick because everybody <laughs> knew it as John Wick, which worked out very well for them. But when you think about like the 2014 film, and then starring, he absolutely killed it, right? <laughs> but it was a 2014 Keanu Reeves in a movie called Scorn, and a 2015 film called Absolution with Steven Seagal, and they're both from Lionsgate. Like they weirdly <laughs> become a lot. Like obviously, when I we think look they at were these now, trying they're very do... different both of those things. right you have yeah. to think about the movie doesn't exist Mon- the, the movie's not going to exist for some months the people approving this in like some production like company boardroom those are yeah. like basically the same pitch yeah uh and then like so, you pointed out yeah. you have these club scenes that really do give a john wick aesthetic like it really just feels like off-brand like this is mm-hmm. steven skull's john wick and so uh, on top of that i have i have two conspiracies Ooh. aaron can you just let me have something every time this happens i'm like i have a script change and you're like i have two script changes i have, a conspiracy. Ooh, I have many conspiracy theories uh well one's a one. conspiracy one is actually a conspiracy one is just like uh, a wild thing okay. that i think we should keep in mind as we talk about this movie so the first the that conspiracy sounds an awful lot like a conspiracy yeah uh it, i don't think it's a conspiracy i just think it's really really bad timing uh <laughs> okay well, so, okay, let's start with a really, really bad timing then. Uh, this film released in May of 2015. Okay. It takes place in Odessa, Ukraine oh, okay. on the Black Sea. Okay. Within eyesight of Crimea, oh, no. mm-hmm. which Russians had invaded of March of the previous year. Oh. No. Seagal, throughout this entire movie, keeps calling in favors from his Russian friends. Mm. And like yeah. a major character who helps out who we haven't talked about because he doesn't actually matter throughout the movie uh but he is very present throughout the movie is sergey yeah uh Segal's russian friend and it's a russian syndicate operating in ukraine even though it's it's headed by vinnie jones who's not russian at all um but it's a very like english accent throughout this movie they spend all this time in ukraine talking about russians and teaming oh. up with Russians almost exactly a year after huh. Russia had annexed the Crimean Peninsula. Yeah. I don't like that. No, See it that? was it was rough. Once I figured out the time once I like looked up the timing of that throughout the rest of the movie after I figured that out, it was just really uncomfortable. Yeah, but it's like that timing, that's long enough that that's not just bad timing. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's just a bad decision. Like they would have had like they would have been in probably in pre-production yeah. oh for sure these when movies Russia, got, on a movie like this they gotta pump these things out so fast there's no way that yeah. it would have been any later when, than that when russia invaded the crimean peninsula they were they've had a chance to say oh let's put it let's set it in like a different eastern european city yeah not you know with it, like you can stand on the port in odessa and see crimea yeah well but steven seagal loves russia and loves he Putin. loves russia so much like, why would honestly, he change anything like it feels like that's almost like an intentional like little bit of russian it almost felt intentional. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay what's your other theory uh my other thing is that byron man is in this movie and i like byron that's man. a pretty wild I, conspiracy theory aaron <laughs> <laughs> it's not a conspiracy so that's not the conspiracy part it's that i think in an earlier draft mm-hmm. 
they so either these are my two theories about how byron man's character factors into this mm-hmm. and it's because of the epilogue the epilogue was definitely an afterthought because it's told in like voiceover from seagal about byron man's character and they just reuse footage from earlier in the movie mm-hmm. which tells me they didn't know what to do with his character at the end of the movie either because they're just very incompetent which we have to leave that open very yeah. possibility. possibility. Yeah, huge conspiracy. You've For blown sure. this case Two. wide open. <laughs> Two. His character in an earlier draft of the script was supposed to die in this movie. Okay. And then they yeah, kept maybe. him alive because he is by far the best part of this thing. And it does feel like stay... they tease his death quite a few times. Yeah. Yeah, and so he stays alive to the end of the movie. Or in the original draft, in an earlier form of the movie. It wasn't Steven Seagal's John Wick. It was, we have this action movie with Keanu Reeves, which is looking really good. We have Byron Mann, Mm -hmm. who's been kind of like a background character in a lot of things, but he's very capable. Let's make him an action star, except Seagal got his Seagal fingers in on everything and became (laughs) the star of it. And so they didn't know what to do with Byron Mann at the end of the movie because he was no longer the star. And so he needed an epilogue. So that was my like one and only real note for this movie was that yet again, it's a Seagal movie that doesn't actually star Seagal. It but is definitely a Byron Man movie. Like it, and it should have been. It would have been better. He could have been a one man team. He, there's no situation in this movie where you couldn't remove Seagal and have been worse off. Like no. it, 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 it's uncanny how this keeps happening where this should be a movie starring another more talented better actor and seagal ends up being the face on the poster anyway yeah it definitely could have been a movie about an assassin who got hired to do a job and then gets stuck in the city where he did a job and now is being hunted by the people who hired him like that definitely could have been the movie and it's not instead it's seagal ad-libbing through most of it i think and just like making stuff up. So I have something fun to say about that, but we'll get yeah, to Yeah, what it. do you have to say about that that's fun? Well, let's so you you have a lot of notes, right? You said mm-hmm. you had like three pages. Let's let's go through all your stuff first. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um so there's a lot of just like really dumb writing in this. And with Keone Waxman <laughs> in charge of this, I don't think that's a surprise. <laughs> so like uh they're like scouting out the the mansion where the Afghani guy is that they're supposed to assassinate their assassination target mm-hmm. uh, and Seagal gets to do this entire scene just sitting in a car on the radio yeah. and Byron Man is the one actually out there like scouting stuff out Naturally. Uh, he asks over the radio he asks Byron Man like oh, how many people are in these cars that are coming up to the mansion he says uh, the windows are black out you can't see except like you can see the cars in the shot and they're just clear glass yeah. <laughs> not even slightly uh, tinted like not yeah um the (laughs) swimming pool like the indoor pool where the target is hanging out is like green and nasty (laughs) and throughout the rest of the movie every time they come back into this room it's drained actually (laughs) (laughs) i said in one of my notes how much time are we going to spend in this cigar bar my guess is a lot <laughs> smoking cigars has become a motif. Yeah. He didn't always movies. do that. That's a newer one. That's no. a new thing. It makes um, him look cool. Makes him look mature. Uh-huh. So cool. Yeah, when they finally pick up the the lady who has the uh 
the tape or whatever, she tries to explain her situation to Seagal and Byron Mann. I think her words are something along the lines of, I came here to this country as a nanny to take care of children. And now it's been three years, three years. And of what? You didn't, <laughs> you didn't explain what the situation is. She never actually directly tells anyone what the problem is. We only ever see that in cutaway shots. She never has any dialogue where she explains to another character the evil stuff that the boss is up to. <laughs> that never happens. In the movie. <laughs> there are no characters in the movie other than her and the boss who know what he is up to. Everyone else just kind of intuits it <laughs> from the images on screen that they cannot see because they are movie characters. That that scene never happens and it just really bothers me. Uh, <laughs> I said, I love how all the characters just look at each other and explain their inner lives. <laughs> <laughs> they will just explain like their emotional state uh i That's said it's like they had too. it's like they heard my criticism of maximum conviction <laughs> where everyone only explains what they are doing and not why and now on, now everyone only explains why and not what <laughs> you know, a theme of them listening to and directly responding to our criticism in the worst possible way within like you know the next like two or three movies <laughs> yeah, everyone explains, like, their inner emotional state about things, but not what the actual thing is. So, like, they'll explain, I am angry and sad. About what? What actually happened to you? <laughs> what are we doing right now? <laughs> Who are you? But we like, you haven't even hear... said your name yet. But we do get to hear Seagal do his opening monologue twice. Yes, we do. He does explain how he wants to do one last good thing two different times in this movie yeah except that's not like a theme in the movie like i think he added that i did look it up he is credited with writing this opening monologue um yes so the movie opens with like voiceover monologue like i'm a bad man i've done a lot of bad things i just want to do one good thing before i die and then later like 20 minutes later this gal comes in like screaming covered in blood into the bar where he's sitting down and all this is happening he refuses to get up he is like this scene in the movie is literally him heroically like standing up from a chair that is his big like yeah. defining relatable character moments as byron man is doing like backflips in the background right. like he stands up fights off these goons and then he's like he just repeats line for line the same exact opening monologue i'm just i've been a bad man for so long and but it's even worse the second time around because this woman comes in like screaming covered in blood and she's like, hey, you know, she doesn't really say it, but it's like him hey, being like beaten by like a lead pipe, you know, by this like yeah. bad man. And Skull's like, I've learned to not trust the world. Like everybody's out to get me. And <laughs> I'm like, really, dude, you, you're sitting in a bar like drinking and smoking cigars. You don't have it. You don't get the pity parade right now. You don't have it the worst out of everyone in this room right now. Like well, five he... minutes ago, she was being beaten within an inch and of her life. And she saw her like... sister murdered in front of her. Like... He also says, I just want to do one good thing with my life. And he has that opportunity and he's like, mm, I don't think I, Here's so. your one he's good like, thing. Uh, <laughs> here's your opportunity to do something good. To me. Weird as it may be, it, you know, the, the opportunity did present itself. And he said, oh, mm. I don't know if I trust you. <laughs> yeah, sounds like this might you know, take some time out of my cigar time. <laughs> It's just so and this is apparently a sequel to a good man where we learn that he's a good man so i don't think he's doing one more good thing we don't no we don't i'm sorry just real quick we don't learn he's a good man we are told no, he's a good true. man 
Well, yeah. every single event that takes place on screen says the exact opposite. <laughs> so, actually, I'm sorry, real quick. Um, we had Force of Execution. Yeah. A Good Man is a prequel to Force of Execution. Yeah. And then Absolution <laughs> is a sequel to A Good Man. So do we think that Absolution <laughs> takes place before or after Force of Execution? Okay. So, but, uh, here's my other question. I have a, I have a question in relation to that. So, in Force of Execution, his name is Alexander. Yes. John in Alexander. A good, well, so, here's, like, the fast one they try to pull on you. Is that he's Alexander, <laughs> and then they just change it so people are calling him his last name? Yeah, so, there are three movies here, and he they just give the character two first names, Mr. John mm. Alexander. So I think that was like retroactive. That had to be. Because they had these three scripts in front of them. They were like, let's just make it a series, even though they have zero connective tissue. <laughs> and like, so like it none. doesn't matter that in one of the movies they call him John and in one of the movies they call him Alexander. We'll just make his name John Alexander, it's which not doesn't e- make any sense. It's not even no connective tissue. He is the good man. He rescues a woman. And then in the next movie, he's like, I don't. And he like is hanging out with this gal, their love interest now. And then he's like, I don't trust anyone. I've had a bad life. I've done bad things. I'm a bad yeah. man. I don't trust you. I've been. Yeah. What happened blood. to the girl from the other movie? Aaron. <laughs> like, where did she go? I can't well, even, I even bother Force of Execution, but I assume there's a gal in Force of Execution. Oh my there god, yes, because it's Bren Foster's gal is his gal at the end. He has a different <laughs> gal in each of these movies. Yes. So he yes. retires from being a mob boss. Well, wait, so to... he's... No, so he, no. He's a good man. He becomes and... a mob boss. Oh, that's right. Sorry, you're right. So first he's a good man, and then either he's a mob boss, and then he seeks absolution, or he's a good man... And then he seeks absolution to then become a mob boss, but want to retire from being a mob boss. Do I he have seeks absolution this... for all of the bad deeds he did while he was a good man? I'm gonna have to bust out like the red yarn and like you know the pushpins to understand this one. I think this is something that was just made up by the Wikipedia writer. Actually, that would be very funny. The only thing I'm going off of is that whenever you look at it, does because it doesn't even say it on the individual Wikipedia pages of like all. There's of these no movies. footnote. It's just. On Steven Skull's Wikipedia page, it says "People yeah. Force of Execution" is equal to a good man. Uh, I I think uh, Absolution does say that it's a sequel to a good man. The Wikipedia page <laughs> for Absolution. I'm okay. I'm glad the one that makes the least sense is the one that most explicitly states it. Yes. <laughs> but, but but we have to reiterate: there's nothing linking these. Nothing. No, nothing at, at all. all. There's nothing not at all. even. Like, uh, like, like the Cornetto trilogy, Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the Dead, and World's End. Like, that's a trilogy in a very loose sense, but it's the same actors, they write the movies, it's the same jokes, it's like, there's a very similar yeah. way that they're made. These yes. are, the, I guess they shared Steven Seagal and Keone Waxman, but that's it. And They are stylistically, thematically, yep. Uh, Story-wise, completely different. Completely like, different. Completely Everything about them is completely different. And they're not. They. They. It's. It's not even that they could be paired together 
through some, like Zach said, you know, break out the red yarn and, and try and trace what similarities there are between these. They run in like direct contradiction to one another. There's no possible yeah. way that they could be well, linked at all. Yeah. Like uh, Seagal and Byron Mann have a character, have a m- moment where they're talking about how they've been working together for years. Mm. What? <laughs> what? Since when? Byron Mann's not shown up in any of these. I wish he had. Uh, Byron Man should just show up in more movies in general. <laughs> what else you got, Aaron? Um, <laughs> I have the thing about how Russia invaded Crimea. Oh, so Byron Man and Sergei, uh, played by Cosmin Domente, uh, are off on like their own adventure through part of the movie that's mm-hmm. way more interesting and cool <laughs> yeah. than whatever Seagal is doing, just like sitting around and smoking cigars. And so they are off trying to figure out who the boss is, like what the syndicate is. And so they're, like, finding members of this Russian gang and beating them up and trying to interrogate them. Like, there's this cool scene where Byron walks down this alley. Quote, unquote, cool scene. It's the coolest (laughs) thing. The coolest, the closest things to cool that happened in the movie happened to Byron Man. Okay. Uh, So he gets two interrogation scenes. The first one, he's, like, walking down this alley and he, like, puts a cigarette in his mouth and he's like, oh, I don't have a lighter. And he turns to one of the Russian mob guys and says, oh, do you have a light? Because he's smoking a cigarette. He's like, yeah, and so he goes to light his uh, cigarette for him, and then Sergei comes up behind him and like garrots him, and they're holding him, they're trying to interrogate him, and like Byron Man is just like cool, he's just smoking a cigarette, he's just standing there like being chill. Uh, it's kind of a cool scene, like pretty close to cool at least, uh, except pretty the close. information they get from this Russian mobster guy is that there's this organization called the Syndicate run by someone called the Boss. That's just what those words mean. <laughs> that is just what syndicate and boss mean yes i know the syndicate this crime organization is run by a boss you know that thing That's, you're looking the boss for is not run by the guy you're looking for yeah it exists <laughs> yeah i i already knew that i already knew that there was a syndicate and it has a boss <laughs> i'm looking telling for them both <laughs> telling me that his name is the boss tells me nothing <laughs> oh that boss <laughs> Um, real quick, I had to look it up. So yeah. when you actually go to the, when you're not just trusting the Wikipedia page, which can be edited by anyone we've learned, even people from Poland who maybe do or do not listen to this podcast. Um, <laughs> when you go to the unaltered, the, you know, truly the accurate, like the film credits of Force of Execution, Steven Skull's character is Alexander Coates. <laughs> so he's not. Who's to say it's not Mr. John Alexander John Coates? John Alexander Coates. Like they don't even just. <laughs> If they just put Alexander, you could even like argue that okay, they're safe. Maybe that's the last name, but he is straight up Alexander Coates. That is just a completely 150% different. Hundred and fifty percent of retcon. We knew it already, but I had to see how he actually showed up in the credits of Force of Execution because I believe he is John Alexander in the second two of the supposed. Yes, he is. Loose trilogy. Yeah. Uh, oh, and then the other cool thing that uh, Byron Man gets yes. to do is uh, he like breaks into this apartment that's owned by the Russian mob. Yes, I do. That actually by the like syndicate, the, I do by the, the syndicate run by the boss. Um, <laughs> and so he interrogate, like he beats up these guys, and he starts to interrogate them by like pouring boiling water on them because they were like boiling water for tea or something. And he like plays it cool, and he's kind of being a suave guy. He runs out of water. He tries to pour soup on him, uh, and he ends up having to like knife him. And it was kind of cool. No, you're underselling uh, it. They, it. <laughs> they learned nothing. I'm underselling it. Then sell it harder. Come on. Well, it's 
This is like it probably has my favorite like my line my quote from the movie is in the scene because when uh-huh. he breaks in the guy I'm not gonna say he calls the the bad guy calls him a slur that is used against uh, people of Asian descent. Um, the character's uh-huh. name is Chi C H I, and he, they use a slur which just adds two letters onto the end of that. Um, yes. So they break in and they they call him that and he says like by the way it's Chi and he's like that's when he starts like pouring the boiling water on there. But it's like that while he's doing this and he's interrogating the guy and then he runs out and the guy's like, whew, oh, really, you know, relief or whatever. And he and he's just like, hmm, oh, soup, even better. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I love the way he says, like, oh, soup, even better. And then the guy's like, okay, no, no, I'll tell you everything. Like that yeah. moment, that's like my favorite part of the movie. Yeah. Because that's when the star of the movie is doing the stuff that the star <laughs> of the movie would do. Because I don't even know what Seagal was doing at that point. It didn't matter. He I don't even remember. Most of the movie, it's just him hanging out with the gal that he didn't want to help at first while Byron Man and Sergei do everything. Like, suppose they're yeah. just kind of chilling together in a safe room or something. Not that they have, like, any heartfelt conversations no. that would lead you to believe that they're going, like, a romance, which they have at the end of the movie for no reason. Like, <laughs> this is why I think Seagal just somehow inserted himself into this movie again. He um, is he he is the eldritch horror that just, like... <laughs> Appears. Aaron, you're, telling me, you're telling me that Seagal did not say he was attracted to the, to the lead role because, quote, I'm always trying to find something a little bit different from what people have seen me do I, before. I, I saw that. I quote. wanted to play somebody kind of mysterious and on the Excuse edge. You don't really know me? if you like him or hate him until the middle of the movie. And that when he wrote and he wrote the character's line, I want to do one good thing before I die, even if I die in the process. I saw of doing that. that. You're quote. telling me that didn't happen. You're telling me he just eldritched his way into this movie. Oh my from the starts. god. It was not planned from the start because we know that he wrote that line and that it doesn't fit in the rest of the movie. I'm pretty sure he improved it. Like he, how he probably improved there is no dark without light. <laughs> Even though that's the definition of darkness. So you're telling me that when Seagal <laughs> delivers his character's opening monologue, you're telling me it's not true that everyone on the film was, quote, was just a little bit excited about the idea of, hey, this one, Stephen wants to do something a little bit different. He was much more engaged with the character, much more engaged with the story. He does nothing line, different. Much more engaged with the idea that he had to have this absolution for this thing, end quotes. That idea doesn't come up at no. all. No. You're telling me that's not true? You're telling me Byron We don't Man's see really anything about character. his past. He doesn't receive absolution at all. Like, he doesn't express this idea that, you know, all the terrible stuff that he's done is forgiven. Aaron, you're telling me he did not receive absolution, but at the end of this movie, he receives a very incredibly awkward lap dance from this, like, poor tortured woman in front of, like, a painting of himself playing the guitar. And you're telling me that's not absolution? I'm, I'm pretty sure I can speak definitively on what is and is not absolution. That's not absolution. If that's not absolution, I don't know what is. I... <laughs> There was more absolution in Machete than there was in this. (laughs) Who's wearing a a weird, not very flattering dress, kind of awkwardly dancing in front of him and the painting of himself playing the guitar. Oh, uh, uh, it's so embarrassing. I hate this movie so much. I think I think I of the three people in this room by room, I mean, discord chat can speak the most definitively on what is and is not absolution tell me and this is not absolution <laughs> even more than steven seagal even more than steven seagal even more than steven slohan seagal even Ugh. more than steven frederick slohan seagal Ugh. i'm done with this movie do you have any other one notes do you have this movie, this movie sucks so much, so much. It. it made me so mad um da, 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 da. i love you byron man but i hated this movie so much and it was not your fault you were pretty solid yeah you did the best it definitely did. the best part of it definitely 
Um, I'm really surprised for such a terrible movie that falls pretty much right in line with all the other terrible movies that we've seen pretty recently. It's the exact same thing. Uh, this one is the one that you had the most notes for. Uh, it, okay, all like, those notes about what absolution is. It's like <laughs> so much of it frustrated me, and there are so many lines. Like, hey, here's my favorite line, and by favorite, I mean the yes. line that I hated the most. Yes, as <laughs> typically is the case. So Van Horn, <laughs> the guy who hired Seagal to be a hitman, to be an assassin, says at the end of the movie, "I have always liked you, John, but you know too much. I have." in my notes dude he knows nothing we know nothing <laughs> nothing has been explained at all <laughs> he doesn't know who you're work- like at this point in the movie when when uh van horn says this seagal had not yet figured out that van horn was working for the quote-unquote syndicate he hadn't figured that out yet it was actually in this scene that he'd figured it out because van horn told him and he tried to kill him <laughs> yeah you know too much. <laughs> I think that's he a bit only of a knows tip what off. you told him, Van Horn. <laughs> well, but that just falls right into the same thing you've been saying the whole time: is that people just announce <laughs> what's happening on screen just in case the viewer doesn't realize. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he also says, uh, "I thought this would be no harm, no foul." That's not what no harm, no foul means. <laughs> I don't know what they think that phrase means, but it's definitely not this. That phrase. I do not think it means what you think it means. <laughs> no. Um, I think also, so my my most important note in my notes. Oh, my notes, God. Importance. Important. You I have written so here, Seagal. Seagal, can you not see that although Byron. <laughs> no, he can't. <laughs> that although Byron gets beat up and bloodied, he looks way cooler than you because of it. <laughs> which is what they were doing with john wick at the same time this is what lionsgate was doing with john wick at the same time yeah john wick like gets beat up and like thrown off a balcony mm-hmm. uh and like punched stabbed and shot, with a broken and bottle bad. yeah and byron does the same he gets shot in the shoulder in this and keeps fighting he comes off of like comes out of this looking pretty cool <laughs> I was very disappointed yeah. when Seagal mentions this gunshot. He's like, hey, are you okay? Like, you know, do you need rest up? I'm very disappointed that Byron Man did not say, oh, you think this is getting I, shot? This is I, Yeah, that's <laughs> all I could think about. That's basically, he doesn't say it. But based on his character's actions, and actions speak louder than words, he essentially says, you think this is getting shot? This isn't getting shot. Yeah, he spends the rest of the movie with like an open gunshot wound in his shoulder and doesn't affect him at all. Um, yeah. Uh, why did they not send the video to the police? Why does Juggernaut still have... What does Juggernaut have that Seagal wants? So, like, for some reason at the end of the movie, <laughs> Juggernaut, or the boss, or whatever his name is, Seagal contacts him and says, let's meet up. And I'm like, why? Seagal is holding the incriminating evidence in his hands as he makes this phone call. And the Juggernaut is like, give me the video, the, like, the camcorder with uh, incriminating evidence on it, and I'll give you... Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. There's no reason for any of the like second act of this movie to take no. place. No. The finale has zero purpose. Hand no the point. incriminating evidence over to the police. Done. Yes. <laughs> like... <laughs> no, or intentionally tell Byron Man, hey, you're injured and you need to rest up, and so walk... By yourself alone into the club to hand this camcorder evidence over to the main bad guy but then byron man shows up which really like 
when I was watching this, I was confused because I swear, like, I was watching the scene where Skull says, hey, you need to stay behind because you're injured. And then in the next scene, like, it looks like they're coordinating this, like, the Skull's walking in and Byron yeah. sneaking in. And I'm like, why <laughs> did they just say he's going to stay behind if then they plan this? But then Seagal said something like, oh, you know, you didn't have to come for me. But I'm like, what was your plan if he didn't? Yeah. Because you just walk into a room where, like, four guys have guns on you and you're handing them the evidence of their crimes. Zach, what was your? Plan? It doesn't matter how many guys have guns on Seagal; they'll ah, all walk close right. enough to him and won't pull the trigger and give him plenty of time so to grab it can. out of their hands. And what you're doing arms. right now doesn't translate to podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> and break their arms. <laughs> Zach's like, let the record show that Zach's flinging his hands around wildly, um, actually, as if se- show, as though Seagal doing a keto master level of keto moves. <laughs> Wax on, wax off. Wax on, wax off. <laughs> uh, but like, so but so I, I don't know why this entire like last act even there's, happens. What the plan of there's no is. reason for this finale. Why would he ever go meet the main no. bad guy? Why would he ever go see Juggernaut? There's no point. No, not really. He has nothing to gain from this. Absolution. I'm, no. <laughs> So he saved hey. the girl. He has the evidence against the guy's crimes. Like, they stopped, like, you know, the whole, like, syndicate. You'd think that's absolution. But actually, it's walking into the club and handing the camcorder <laughs> to the guy. And then killing yeah, they, him. They, they killed all of the U.S. government agents that were working with the syndicate. <laughs> like, the only guy left who had any responsibility for anything was the boss. But, like, you had the evidence in your hand that would put him in jail forever. Like a video of his face. Why Why does the finale of this movie happen? Yeah. Do you have anything else? There's no reason. Uh, not everything else. So, well, I, I, when I saw the oil painting of him playing his guitar, <sighs> I asked uh, in my notes, is this when his music career starts? No, that was an almost all from the mid-2000s. <laughs> his music career was a decade done at this point. <laughs> He just insisted like, does he that think that, that be people on remember set? him as a musician. <laughs> Maybe he wants to remind everybody. <laughs> uh, hey, by the, the way, grass. snake in the grass, snake in the grass. <laughs> alligator. Oh my god! <laughs> okay, I'm done. Get swifty. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> no, it's pretty bad. Um, star ratings. Well, so I have something. If you, if oh, you, what do you have? Yeah, Tell me what you got. Man. Show me what you got. <clears throat> so you remember a couple weeks ago, Zach, you brought an interesting challenge to Aaron and I. Answer, to answer a question for oh, you. No. Oh, no. Oh. You watched a movie yeah. blindfolded, yes. and you wanted us to be able to answer the question, did you watch that movie? Yes. And we don't need to rehash that whole conversation. We don't need to get that deep into yeah. it. We we talked that through and yeah, through yeah. a couple episodes ago. But there was one sort of iteration of that that we didn't discuss that I thought oh. of. So I watched Absolution backwards. Hey, <laughs> look at you, Hans, bringing the fire this week. You kept on hitting found... this whole time. <laughs> I found a digital file of this movie. I put it in a video editor and I reversed it and I watched the movie end to start. <laughs> yes, you're my hero. So, I, I considered doing this and then never didn't want to put in the effort to like. That's beautiful. 
Thank you. With wait, reverse audio and everything. Oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> so a couple points. One, you can't have. I I tried. You can't do that with subtitles. <laughs> so not 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 automatically. It would be manually, which I, I wasn't gonna do. So I had no yeah. subtitles. I could uh. not understand a single word that anybody said in this entire movie. <laughs> Having said that, Seagal is just as unintelligible forwards as he is backwards. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I started off this movie by seeing a really awkward dance scene between uh, this woman oh, and, oh, and Seagal sitting in a chair. That's how it opened for me. And oh. then launched right from there, hard cut to the boss lying on his back with a pipe sticking out of his chest. Oh, yeah. Still... And then as the music ramps up, because it's going in reverse, he, like, starts to wriggle. And then he, like, his face, like, his head comes up like this. And he looks, and then he shoots up off of this pipe on the ground up onto the balcony that Seagal just kicked him off of. And the first thing I thought of was, like, oh, my God, this is, like, a weird zombie movie or something. (laughs) I wish. Point is, I would like you to answer Zach's same question for me. From did a couple weeks ago, did I did I see this movie? Oh, <laughs> so my because question... I experienced it to the fullest extent, just entirely in reverse. <laughs> when you entered this call, were you like confused about what happened, or were you able to piece it together? On oh, I I had a I talked. I didn't know the dialogue, but it, good. You good can for you, man. You can piece together what happened. It's just that yeah. I was piecing it together in reverse. So I didn't really understand the movie until about 20 minutes from the start as I was mm. getting to the end of my watching I didn't experience. understand the movie. Well, I understood the movie 20 minutes from the start and I understood less 20 minutes from the end. <laughs> you should have watched it backwards. <laughs> I think I would have gotten a greater grasp of <laughs> at least a narrative if I watched it backwards. <laughs> if I had watched this backwards, I think I would better understand a story. I don't know if it's the story. <laughs> so I think that's the problem. My my take, at least right now, is that you got a story. <laughs> I don't know if it was 2015's Absolution starring Steven Seagal. <laughs> I think it might have been like, I don't know, 5102's Noitalasba. <laughs> also starring Steven Seagal. Uh, it was, I think it. I think that's like a different piece of media. <laughs> a different film altogether. Yeah. <laughs> it's like if you look at a photograph in negative, you can figure out what the photograph, mm. like what the artist intended by looking at a photograph in negative. Right. But like the photograph in negative isn't what the artist intended. Right. That's the negative of what the artist intended. And so you have to intuit. <laughs> you have to like figure out what the artist intended. I think you got a better experience. <laughs> but I don't think you got the experience the artist intended. No, certainly not. The thing the the experience <laughs> that the artist gave. Right? Yeah. I don't think you watched Keone Waxen's movie. <laughs> I think you made your own new piece of it. It's like a ready made but for films. <laughs> Just pop it in the microwave a little bit, a couple minutes. Noitulas ba is the the urinal turned sideways. Yeah. It's the it will inspire debate for generations to come. Yeah. <laughs> now I 
I'm kind of of two minds because I think when we talked about this last week or not last week, whenever however many weeks ago it was that I did my quirky little stunts, um, we kind of had this whole discussion about it. But like there was kind of like here's the full thought out deliberate answer to that question, and then like here's the the funny little answer that I'm gonna take away. So like we had this mm-hmm. whole discussion about what it means to uh, we had this whole discussion about what it means to watch what it means to see like you know view whatever blah 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 but what I took away from it was uh, that I just need to see that like twenty second scene where he's like shooting out the door with a shotgun <laughs> yeah <laughs> it seems like the only real thing of note that I missed was this like twenty second <laughs> shot of him just like emptying like multiple tubes of shotgun shells that's into the, the door test yeah and that was kind of like my determining factor was like oh but did you understand what he was doing with the the door so I think kind of here like. I I'm tempted to agree with Aaron. <laughs> I think like I don't know because I kind of think yes. You, you you didn't really watch Absolution. You watched uh what is it? Noitulos Noitulos Bob Noitulos Bob. <laughs> you know, which is probably more entertaining because I think seeing that dude like off like you know the spike would be pretty funny. Um, yeah. The really the scenes where he's aggressively beating this woman with the pipe was probably really weird in reverse i'm assuming that was it was a little jarring came out of nowhere (laughs) yeah so kind of like did you watch (laughs) oh forwards it came out of nowhere yeah (laughs) that's how the movie opens (laughs) that's how the movie opens so you're just watching this movie it's like this woman and then like later gross um but also like you get to know her but i think you But I feel like you would have understood the movie well enough that I'd be like, yeah, yeah, you watched it. Oh, I got it. Yeah. I like you, you didn't watch yeah. it, but I didn't, watched it. I didn't hear the words, the boss or the syndicate, but no, you, you heard kind like, of piece, those were just as meaningless. You can kind of piece forward. those together. Yeah. yeah. Those were just still, as meaningless front to back. I yeah, had the exact you know. same thought of why, it, like, by, by the time I had gotten to the point where the camcorder of evidence is a significant part of the movie... I thought back on my experience watching the end of the movie and thinking, <laughs> why didn't you take that somewhere else? Why did you hand it over to the guy yeah, you didn't just make, it, it, fought? It made less sense going forwards. Yeah. yeah. So but I had the same thought. I, actually, I had the same takeaways. I just didn't hear the dialogue the okay, right way around. Answer. You didn't watch Absolution. <laughs> you watched Memento. <laughs> you well actually you lived a memento yeah. and you and this is do not trust this man's lies yeah so like here's the thing here's the thing i used to really hate modern art <laughs> i used to be very very against modern art but something really like changed or in contemporary, me contemporary or are you just kind of using modern as like a blanket term uh modern is, is kind of a blanket term i mean like contemporary art like ready maids and stuff like that like you know bananas taped to walls and stuff like that <laughs> I still hate the banana tape to the wall, but um, well, I used to be like art. very anti stunt, the like abs like super abstract contemporary art. Until someone brought me to this revelation that I was I saw a piece of art and I said I don't like this. This makes me angry and upset. <laughs> and someone said, Ah, you misunderstand. That is not the piece of art. You are. And I said, what? And they said, the intention of the artist was to create in the viewer of his art the experience you're having right now. The art worked. So it you, did what it was supposed to do. You've come around. You're with me on this. Your team. Duchamp. And then like a switch flipped in my brain. 
like when I played Elden Ring for the first time and I understood Souls games. <laughs> a switch flipped in my brain. And I said, oh. That's what did it. <laughs> the Dadaism is basically the Souls-like of the art world, I think. Yeah. It's that this piece of art is not meant to be like the finished product. It's it's a tool to create the product, which is my reaction to it. Uh, and so I think we in this podcast are actually making the real art. Well, <laughs> that these Seagal well. movies are just the tool to create the real art that has created in us this desire to make the finished product. So really, this whole podcast was written by Keone Waxman. No, no, not that. No. I think you might be taking it just like one step I was too with far the there. I was like, okay, I recognize how we are engaging in almost like the da da anti art, you know, yeah. sphere here. We're just, you know, 106 years after Marcel Duchamp did it with Fountain. You know, we're catching yeah. up, we're getting there, we're working on it. I'm glad you're on the same side of this as me now. I'm glad you've joined, you know, team. I don't even know what we'll call that team. Um, <laughs> you know, team did the arcade reaction. Ha ha ha! You fool that you fell you fell for their trap. Um, yeah, I'm not ready to attribute uh, attribute authorial ownership of this to because like you know because here's the problem. Yeah, this podcast isn't. This podcast is by Keone Waxman in the same way like whatever factory that made the urinal that Marcel Duchamp used for Fountain made yeah. it like yes. made fountain yeah like he's making the toilet we're putting it on its side and putting it in a museum yeah. <laughs> yes yeah so keone waxman is the toilet factory in this i will accept that <laughs> yeah he did most and of that the work. factory line that assembly line is churning them out <laughs> he makes like a lot of toilets and we are the contemporary anti-art you know challenge the medium and the form and the audience perception artists here. i'm not anti-art i'm very pro-art but yeah. no but like the anti-art movement like like in the yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But yeah, we are yeah, the yeah. proto Dada cultural movements that is using Keone Waxman's toilets in our work <laughs> to challenge the way we think of really bad direct-to-video like the <laughs> action movies. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm with you there. I hate it. Hans, this is your fault. Yeah, so like I guess my final question is like, is Steven Seagal's entire career actually just a piece of like performance no. art no to get no. us to think about no. the medium no. of no 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 no, no. He, no. no he's the toilet factory aaron we oh. just talked about this <laughs> oh steven c at all is the piece of performance steven art c at all. Think about action movies yes you can be alfred stieglitz i'll be okay. marshall duchamp um hans what like early 20th century proto dada artist do you want to be none of them that's fair <laughs> you can be francis they were all like Picabia. deeply troubled people <laughs> yeah you're francis Picabia. we'll say that i don't think i agree with that did you ever think you know keone waxman and dadaism would be associated with each other 
Well, weirdly, we did. Oh, so, who was the editor on this one? There was the one movie we watched um, uh, uh, with Dunoir in it. What's that one? Uh, that's The, the foreigner. foreigner. The Foreigner. We talked about, like, when we looked that one up, the guy actually was. Like, the director of that was straight up, like, uh, an abstract, like, no, not The Foreigner with Jackie Chan. God, God, I don't know. <laughs> So I, why don't we take it upon ourselves to edit the Wikipedia page for this stupid, awful, terrible movie and add in a section specifically detailing the link between Keone Waxman's mm. movies with Steven Seagal. This one, Michael <laughs> Oblowitz. <laughs> oh, Michael Oblowitz, yeah. Yes. That I remember that name. A, uh, what did he call himself? Wait, did they change this Wikipedia? It's probably avant-garde or something like that. No, no wave. That's what it was. Oh, it was no a response wave, to the yeah. new wave. He was the no wave. Like he kind of was this like avant-garde, almost abstract like filmmaker. So but Keone like, Waxman, okay, so... but like intentionally, Keone Waxman is unintentionally. Yes, and we've Keone talked, Waxman so... is making his toilets, and we are turning them into arts. Yes, um, we've talked about this in our private chats. I'm like nostalgic for that early era of Seagal. Oh, so much. I never thought that I would Which, say that. Never in a million years. That's but if amazing. I have, if I have to subject myself to Seagal movies, I would so much rather them be like they were in the late 90s, early 2000s. Yes. Because this trash is so difficult to just sit and watch. It, yeah. Yeah, I like the, the only the one look at is... phone impulse. It's <laughs> so rude. strong. Normally, normally, look at phone as greatest enemy. Look at phone as you know my challenger. He is you know my Dark Souls boss. Today, I did not experience yeah. look at phone. Um, so fun fact, I was actually like He's the Godric the Grafted of <laughs> Seagal movies. I I got my COVID booster yesterday, and I was kind of feeling the effects of that. So I was like, yeah. out like sick today. So I was like, literally just like you know like sick day, like home from work. And during the sick day, I had to do the double feature of Absolution <laughs> and Code of Honor. Um, it was miserable. And here, like, it was, like, funny because it wasn't even, like, oh, I have other productive stuff I could be doing. Instead, I've watched this movie. It's, like, I was so upset, like, that I wasn't able to fit a nap in today because I had to watch these movies. <laughs> like, oh, I was just like, oh, I wish I could take a nap so bad, but I need to finish this movie. Um, today, yeah. my enemy was not. Wait, like wait, 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 wait. You got on my case because I waited until today to watch one movie. No, I got on your case because you waited till like, 6 p.m. to watch one movie. I was watching this at, like, 10 a.m., Hans. <laughs> I was still hours ahead of you. I watched both of these movies yesterday. But my my enemy today was not look at phone. My enemy today was Lego Star Wars. Uh, because I was sitting on the couch, <laughs> and nice. I was like, I have to watch Absolution, but I will also play Lego Star Wars. Um, and that's exactly what I did. Oh yeah. my! So arguably, Hans watched Absolution more than me. He just watched it backwards. <laughs> I actually sat down and watched these movies. I would like, I would like pay attention whenever, like you know, there's like a fight scene going on or something. But I actually, I feel most comfortable lo- looking away when there are fight scenes. Mm, <laughs> you, just, you must not avert your eyes, Aaron. Unlike because no, you know John what's going to happen. Well, unlike you John know? Wick movies, which like character stuff happens in the fight scenes nothing happens in these fight scenes but mm. also nothing happens in the lines of dialogue outside of the fight scenes because what everybody says is meaningless <laughs> <laughs> i i swear to i don't understand and this problem gets even worse with the next one this is even worse with code of honor this movie yeah. was only like an hour and a half it was 91 minutes 
And I swear it was like an hour longer than it needed to be. Yes. <laughs> it was so long. Like this is the like the shortest Painful. a movie can be and still feel like a movie. And it was way too long. It was at least twice as long as it should have been. I we'll talk about it for the next episode, yes. but Code of Honor, I paused it halfway through and like almost cried You're for like, a second because I realized yes. I was only halfway through. Yes, I did the same thing. I'm like, how is there because that was even longer? That was like an hour forty five. And I'm like, how is yeah. there still this this wouldn't even like this should be a twenty one minute TV episode. <laughs> <laughs> like how is okay. this still going? There should be room for two commercial breaks right. in here. <laughs> I'm like, how am I less than halfway anyway, okay. Absolution. Garbage film. I think it yeah. was at like one star and then Byron oh. Man walks out of this like massage parlor for a second time and it dropped to like a half star. Like it's a half star. This yeah. is the yeah. worst. This so is awful. Bad. I hated it. This has no it's... redeeming value horrible 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 um, the only that, artistic value this movie can have is what we have given it unintentionally uh <laughs> so people who did other interesting things uh vinnie jones was in lock stock yeah. and two smoking barrels snatch uh, x-men uh, he was actually kind of already famous at the time that he made this movie i don't know how seagal keeps doing this uh claudio blion uh, well, played... a footballer yeah Yes, yeah. So he Vinnie was a, a very, a lot famous before this. Yeah, he was a very successful uh, European football player. Soccer, to us Yanks. Uh, yeah, and so he, he was already pretty famous at this point. And this is uh, also the third time he's been in a Seagal movie. He was also in Submerged yeah. and oh, Gut Shot right. Straight, which we have not that's watched right. this podcast. But he was we did submerged. not watch Gut Shot Straight. Uh, Seagal's in a supporting role in that one. But uh, Claudio Blion, who played like a goon in this, uh, you may remember him as the crazy mad scientist from Against the Dark, uh, the zombie vampire movie. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, He's also in A Good Man, apparently. Uh, as somebody named Vladimir, who I don't remember. Oh, okay. And Byron the Man Man was in 2003's Belly of the Beast and 2009's A Dangerous Man. This is also his third cigar uh, collaboration. Poor guy. He deserves so much better than this. Yeah, he really does. You know what's the best part about this? This means that Turning when he played Ryu in the 1994 <laughs> live action Street Fighter movie, mm-hmm. that was only his fourth worst movie. <laughs> That's true. Look on the bright uh, side. What should we watch instead? Zachary, what would you watch instead of this? I mean, we can't just keep saying John Wick, but it's literally John Wick. <laughs> it's it literally really John is. Wick, literally but just worse in every John conceivable Wick. way. Street Fighter, the live action movie with Byron Mann. Sure, watch that. Anything. <laughs> this movie was awful. I feel like we've said John Wick for like half of these, but this movie really is just crappy John Wick. Yeah. Um, it's like it's going out of its way to be crappy John Wick. Yes, <laughs> like it's trying very hard to be crappy John Wick. Um, yeah, actually, you could watch any of those movies that Aaron jokingly said at the beginning of this recording. Any yeah, any other, other films, any other absolution? absolution. <laughs> yeah, any other movie, book, video game, whatever that has the word absolution in the title. Uh, you could go to Confession and receive absolution. Yeah, that would be best. Because then at least you can uh, walk out like do feeling that for like, you. slightly better about yourself, maybe. You're only going to yeah. walk out of this movie feeling worse about yourself. Yes. There's no redemption to be had here. No. 
Um, I think you could go watch like any movie about an assassin, like any yeah. movie about an assassin, or like go watch like Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels and pretend that Vinnie Jones' second movie wasn't his best, and that actually Oof. just in the fantasy world his career just got better from here. You can watch X Men. You can watch X Men. Sure, even X Three. Go for it. Yeah. It's more entertaining than this. Out of all of them, that has to be the one I watch the most because in like the years of like, you know, 2006 to like 2009, I think the FX channel played it more than like literally any other movie on the planet. Yes. Oh, they played X3 <laughs> They played X3 constantly. so much. I didn't even know there was an X2 with how much they were playing X3. <laughs> I've seen that movie so many times. Yeah, you can watch X3. Uh, watch I think we're showing our age. You can watch our... The Martian just because FX loves to play that one, too. Ooh. Well, then the FX has become a much better channel if they've switched from X3 to The Martian. I'll well, I don't, know if, that's, I don't know if that's still true. Between, like, 2016 like, and, like, 2022, at least, I feel like every time I turned FX yeah. on, The Martian was on. Of course, for our young, like, young millennial and Zoomer audience, you might have to, like, figure out how to turn on cable on your yeah television. hey um i guess this episode is oh, going to be coming let's out not go there this episode is going to be coming out after the holidays so it's a little late but ne- next time you're at your parents if they still have cable like grab one of the like four remotes for their tv it's it's good <laughs> you're going to pick up the wrong one so put that down like the pick biggest one, one yeah just so your your like dad or mom can say actually no it's not that one it's that one like you picked up the one to the cable box you need the one to like the cable link box um mm-hmm. and then use that they probably have some like you know two hundred dollar package that still gets effects. The Martian yeah. will probably be on based on Watch my recollection. Do either of your parents live this life right now? Because every yes. I don't know anybody that still does that. My parents just my dad just helped last time he was uh, out in Kansas City with my grandparents. Uh, he helped my grandparents switch everything over to YouTube TV. Mm, they no nice. longer have cable. Actually, I think technically my parents are all cable free now, but that's just the life I knew like growing up, like through college at least. Like, <laughs> my parents still have cable. I don't know why. No, my parents. Have they don't know why either. Low. Like I've had conversations <laughs> with my parents about it. They're like, "Oh, we're gonna get rid of that," and then they don't. I don't no, think anybody parent, in my family actually, has cable fair, anymore. Yeah. This probably would be accurate to like when we were in college, like you know the twenty like fifteen time zone. At this point now, I think everybody's parents have, like, YouTube TV or, like, Philo or, like, you know, yeah. Friendly or whatever. Like, all the different various, like, cable replacements. You're also talking mad on the next generation for not understanding the, the difficulties of having so many remotes. I have <laughs> I have three remotes downstairs for my setup. I think it's like just I... that there were three remotes and each one made less sense than the last. Like, I can tell the difference between a TV remote and, like, a Roku remote whenever it was just, like, four different TV remotes, but each one did a different thing. <laughs> yeah i think that's i do have uh i have three remotes i honestly don't know what the third remote does <laughs> i think the third I remote think is aaron for... is our parents <laughs> well no so <laughs> i think he's the boomer in this chat well no so it's a roku tv and I there is I think there's a cable box. I don't know why there's a cable box. We need I've never episode. used it. <laughs> I just like use the YouTube app and like Nebula and like whatever on the on the Roku TV and then I have a uh 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray player that has its own remote. And mm. so I just use those two remotes. Mm. There's this third remote that I'm pretty sure is for a cable box that hasn't been used in years. Mm. well 
You know, it's if you turn on that cable box, you know you'd probably be watching right now. Uh, probably be watching The Martian. Probably The Martian, starring Matt Damon, directed by Ridley Scott. Excellent movie. Yeah. Don't watch Absolution. It's bad. No, don't. Seriously, uh-uh. don't. Not at all. Uh, star ratings. Half. Half a star. I forget what I, I gave. Think we this. already did that. I think I gave this a full star, actually. Why? Let me check my letterboxed. I. Normally, I don't argue with star ratings. It's it's gut feel. You know, we're never going to be right or wrong, but I know we tend well, to convince each right. other one way or the other. I gave in this, this one scenario, and a half. Aaron. Why did I Aaron. Give this one, and one and a half. Yeah, in this scenario, I'm gonna have to disagree with you on that. Um, <laughs> my review. It's only a couple of sentences. Two sentences. Seriously, Byron Man deserves some kind of award for professional patience. <laughs> he is way too good to be in this pile of garbage, and the movie kind of knows it. Yeah. no i um i've been in this situation i've given the movie one and a half stars and you guys talk me down um so come join us in a half star land or at least one star mm. i don't know if i can bring it down to half a star because byron man's in this like he is worth an entire half star for me uh, okay maybe so I've then yeah this movie so would be half a star because every but other see, I don't, movie i don't nothing. see i don't see this as byron man elevating it performance by seagal i see this as seagal tanking a decent performance by byron man and that in effect ruins it for me see for me i could even see byron man deserves a half star for this movie completely by himself like he earns that half star and this movie is half a star because literally every other part is zero (laughs) he could be the entire reason it gets (laughs) he brings it up half a star from nothing yes I just I I really want to go and watch like a Byron Man movie, now. Okay, there you go. That's the movie you can watch instead. You can watch a Byron Man movie. Yeah, just go find a Byron Man movie and watch that. Uh, do we have favorite quotes? I think I already said my favorite quote. Yeah. Uh, I always liked you, John, but you know too much. Yeah. Even though at that too. point in the movie he doesn't know anything about anything. I don't have a quote because I didn't actually hear any of the dialogue mm, forwards. <laughs> Your quote is yeah, what you are exactly. <laughs> Mine's the, uh, oh, soup, even better. <laughs> well, good. Uh, any parting shots? No, we, have... we need to be done with this. I'm so okay. tired of it. Byron and we Man still have one more to record. Man. Yeah, we yeah. still have to record okay. another episode. Okay. Uh, so goodbye, everybody. Bye. <laughs> and good night. I'll see you soon. Get out of here for your own sake. Don't have to go home. Run. I absolve you of all your sins. Now get out. <laughs> Run. Leave. More like absolution, more like absolute piece of crap. <laughs> You're lucky, listeners. <laughs> You're allowed to go away. We're stuck. Yeah. We uh, we're we're so close to the end. See you next week. <laughs>
it's smooth, it's easy transition, but then you just say, oh, I don't know. Oh, is he back? Oh, oh he's still going. Oh, I don't know. Oh, he's still going. Oh, he's still going. And that just makes Aaron's job a heck of a lot more difficult. Wait, Zach. So your plan is that when you cut out, we should just let you keep talking and then you come back and we just like act like we heard all of that. I can hear you every time this happens. I can hear you the entire time. I don't know how I'm cutting out. Maybe there's something. I understand that. I'm just saying like you can just, if you wait until like... I can hear you say that I'm no longer there. Yes. So, then so I'm just going to keep talking. Happens. No, no. Why? We're not Why hearing no? you talking because it's a conversation, Hans. <sighs> You'll get How are we supposed to respond Nothing to what we you have to say, say here is actually important. You're cut out and we don't hear you. I'm describing some nonsense. It doesn't matter. Wait, did we really lose him again? <sighs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Hans. <laughs> Hans, I know you can hear me. Hans. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Okay, he's back. Okay, he's back. <laughs> okay. That was just a really cut all cool that story. Just, that was just a really cool story, everything. Hans. I'm glad I heard all of it and you didn't no, repeat just, it for me to just, actually listen to. Just erase all of that. Because that's how it makes sense to do that. Just erase all of that. Well, just say <laughs> just say that, yeah, I would be the only one to have something like that. Yeah, I would. And then move on. <laughs>